Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. (laughs) I want to talk to you this morning for for a few moments in our time together. Uh, From 2 Kings chapter 2. But really the the title line or, or, or what I want you to take away is just simply this, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Tell somebody next to you, whatever it takes. Anything that you truly desire, anything that you're truly hungry for, you're willing to do, help me out, whatever it takes. Everybody in life, has what we would call a hunt. Everybody in life. Hunting is not just the sport in which you go out in the woods or some area and you're hunting animals. That's, that's, that's how we interpret that. But in life, everybody has a hunt because it might not be the animal that you're seeking to shoot. It might be that pair of shoes you've been trying to track down and find at the store. Everybody in life has a hunt of some kind. Anybody ever gone house hunting before? Anybody ever been car hunting before? I mean, you can fill in the blank. Whatever it is that your heart's desire is towards, you're willing to hunt that thing down at whatever it takes in order for you to be able to obtain it. Tell somebody again, whatever it takes. And so inside each and every single one of us, there, there, there is this thing, this drive that we're willing at all costs to go after the thing that that we desire, that we want to have. And so we're willing to do whatever it takes. In my house, if something goes missing or lost, my wife says, you're the one. I need you to go and find it. Because she knows inside of me, I've got this weird thing that I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And oftentimes in most of the households, men, that's, that's us. Like, you know, we get put on assignment. You better go and find it. And I will turn an entire house upside down just to find that pair of sunglasses, to find that missing key, to find that phone. I wish there was a find my for my phone, but the find my is on my phone, so I don't know how that works if the phone goes missing. I'm the one. Because I've got this thing, I can't help it. It's like when I get it in my sight line, I'm going after it with all my heart. I remember when we were, when we were, ho- when we were house hunting a couple years back um, that I had probably looked at uh, online, driving through neighborhoods. Listen, I was kind of like the guy, didn't mean to be, but looked like I was creeping around in neighborhoods doing slow drives. I wonder if that's for sale. I wonder if that's for sale. I wonder if that's for sale. I can't help myself. And I know that that's why we've got realtors to do the work for you, but it is inside of me that I'm going to go after it at whatever it takes to find it. And I even told myself, as I said, we've got a realtor, but I'm going to be the one that's going to find the house. 
because I'm just wired that way. I can't help myself. I'm going to go at that all ends to find that thing. If you need somebody to help you find something, I'm your guy. I can do it. I got a pretty good record, don't I? 100% record every time. So we were looking for our house. And the thing was, is we had on paper the things that we were looking for. And in life, there's things that we're looking for. And there's things sometimes that when you know what it is that you desire and what you want, you know that you're not going to allow anything else to distract you from that. But sometimes when the process starts taking a long time, you start second guessing and you say, well, did I really want this, that, and that? in that vehicle or can I get away with and so what we do is we start to slowly compromise but when you have got such a strong desire that you're going to stay focused and anchored in and do whatever it takes there's this moment that you know it when you see it have you ever been in that place that you know it when you see it, it You've just been going and looking and, and searching and, and maybe even get to a moment where you kind of cool down the search a little bit, but out of nowhere, you knew it when you saw it. That's how I was. I remember when we found our house because we were looking and looking and looking and looking and here's me. I'm on Realtor.com refreshing the page. I wonder if they have any new house listing. Refreshing the page. Why are there's not more house listing? Refreshing the page. Refreshing the page. And then all of a sudden one night I refreshed the page. This house popped up. We hadn't even stepped into it and I said, that is it. I knew it when I saw it. Called a realtor up, we went, we checked out the house. The moment we walked in, it didn't look like everything that was on the checklist, but there was this knowingness on the inside of us that we knew this is exactly where we needed to be. We ended up getting the house and it ended up becoming an amazing place that we're living in right now, but we, the, the point is that we knew it when we saw it and we were doing, willing to do whatever it took, even to the point where we wrote a letter to the homeowners, laced it with all kinds of glitter and candy, and so when they opened it up, they got like a jubilee of, <laughs> we didn't do any of that. <laughs> glitter bomb. <laughs> no, you're not getting the house. Yeah, last thing you want to do. Don't do that. But I remember we wrote a letter. We were willing to do whatever it took. And see, that's just the thing, is that anything that you truly desire, isn't it not worth fighting for? Isn't it not worth going after? Isn't it not worth giving all of yourself 110% to be able to obtain the greater? I came to ask you a question this morning. Does anybody desire greater? Does anybody desire greater? Is anybody willing to do whatever it takes to encounter greater because see in our passage of second kings chapter two there, 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 there's a man in the bible by the name of elisha and he's there with his with his mentor with, with with a person that has raised him up in ministry whose name is elijah and many of you know where i'm going with the story but it's so important because elijah who is the mentor elisha who is the mentee is in this position where Elijah is getting ready to be taken away by the Lord and, and, and Elisha is with him. And we find out that in the first part of the second chapter that Elijah is, is, is moving from town to town and, and, and he goes on and he tells Elisha, he says, I'm going to 
Bethel, but why don't you remain here in, in Gilgal? And, and Elisha says to Elijah, surely as long as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. And so Elijah, he goes to Bethel and Elisha goes with him. And then they are there for a little bit. And, and Elijah says, listen, I, I need to move on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Jericho, but you stay here. I love it. It was like he was trying to shake him. You just stay here. You ever, you ever like had somebody that's following you around and you're trying to shake them a little bit and whatever the current situation is that's going on, you try to hype it up like this is exactly where you want to be. You're in the right spot. This is great. Just stay here for a little bit. Hey, by the way, you should meet so-and-so. And then that so-and-so comes over and then that and then you'd like split and do the dip. It's a great way to get out of conversations after church. Connect them with Why does that person always want to have that same conversation with me over and over and over and over? I just gave you a free pass of how to move it along. <laughs> Pastor, you're so unkind. No, I am kind. I'm helping you right now. <laughs> and so here's Elijah, and Elijah is, is telling Elisha, you should remain here. This is a good situation that's going on. Meanwhile, Elijah already knew in the back of his mind he's about to do the dip and roll on to the next place. But Elisha says, as surely as the Lord lives, I will not leave. And so Elijah heads over to the Jordan River and, and while he's there, he takes his mantle and he strikes the water. The water parts and, and Elijah crosses over the Jordan and Elisha goes with him because as surely as the Lord lives, I, I will not leave you. As surely as the Lord lives, I will do whatever it takes to stay connected to the anointing. See, that's the thing that's so important in this passage is that he wasn't staying close to Elijah for anything other than the fact that Elijah was the anointed one, the anointed man of God, and he knew as long as I stay close to the anointing, something can happen. Oh, I'm here to tell you, church, as long as you can stay close to the anointing, something can happen. And the whatever it takes for your life should always be whatever it takes to remain in the anointing. There is something about the anointing that can change the atmosphere. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. The Bible says this in the New Testament, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means anointing or anointed one. I can do all things through the anointed one, the anointing that gives me strength. I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus did not come to adjust your circumstance. He's not Jesus the chiropractor. He is Jesus the Christ, the anointed one that is here to change your situation, to change what you're going through so that you can live a life that is greater, a life filled with victory, a life filled with hope, a life that is prosperous, a life filled with peace and joy and everything that he's made available for those that love him. I don't want adjustments from Jesus. I had to go to a chiropractor last year, and I shared a little bit of my story, and, and man, Lord touched me earlier on this year, but I had a situation going on with my back, 
I had to go to a chiropractor and I went in and they did some adjustments and it was great and it got some relief and I felt good. And then we got into the start of this year and I said, Lord, I don't want to ever have to go back to that. Jesus, I need you to touch my back. And it was that Sunday that we were playing or praying, excuse me, praying for uh, people that had the sight issues. And when we were praying for them in the middle of that service, the Lord touched my back and totally healed my back. Jesus didn't give me an adjustment. Jesus totally touched my back and healed me. And it was funny, about a week or two after that, the chiropractor's office called me up and said, hey, we'd like to book another appointment for you. I said, no, I'm good. Are you sure? Because see, sometimes these things can come back if we don't continue to take care of it. I said, no, I'm good. And they said, now, now, but listen, you know, we want to come in, give you an adjustment. And, and even while you're here, if there happens to be any other pain. And then they went on to try and sell me on these CBD oil gummies. And I'm like, listen, I don't need your cannabis oil. I got Christ's oil that's all up on me. I'm good. So you can just back off for a second. I ain't lying. Y'all know what I'm talking about if you've been there. They're pushing this junk left and right. I'm like, hold on a second. I got the anointing upon my life. I desire for more of the anointing upon my life. You should desire for more of the anointing of God upon your life. Because see, it was the anointing that was upon David that allowed him to take out the giant. If we remember, what did he say? He said, you come at me with sword, javelin, and spear, but I come at you with the heavenly hosts. It ain't me, it's not my strength, it's not my power, but it's the anointing that is upon my life to do what I've called to do, for you to do what you've been called to do. So you should be willing to say, Lord, whatever it takes, let me get up under the anointing. The Bible says in the epistle of John, chapter 2, verse 20, it says this, is that it is the anointing that Christ has given us, the anointing that comes from him. And if I abide into that anointing, it will give me the knowledge and the understanding. Why is that so important? I need my mind to be anointed so that I understand the word of God, so that I can activate the word of God, so that I can walk with the word of God. So that I can be active and powerful in the word of God. I'm here to tell you today, you need the anointing of God upon your life. Because the Antichrist agenda, it ain't slowing down. It's only picking up. And if God's people aren't walking around with the anointing and walking around filled with his word then it's very easy to be enticed by the things of this world and get pulled away from the purpose, from the calling, from the things that the Lord has assigned for your life to do. And I came to tell you this morning, when you have the anointing of God upon your life, it's going to give you the strength, it's going to give you the power, it's going to give you the ability to withstand the junk that the enemy's trying to throw your way. I don't have time to allow the enemy to take ground in my life. Here I am today walking with the anointing of God upon my life so that I can encounter greater. I desire to encounter, you should desire to encounter greater, but greater comes from the anointing that comes in Christ Jesus. I love what David says. David says this, as he says, it's the righteous that are anointed with the oil of gladness. They're anointed more than anyone else. It is the righteous. In other words, the righteous are the people of God that are willing to get close to God. Right standing, which means I'm in position. If I can get close to God, if I can get close to that anointing and it'll just a little bit get on me. 
Jesus, just let a little bit get on me today. Because I know with just a little bit, I can leave from here and I can walk in such incredible victory, incredible purpose. Elisha understood, as surely as the Lord lives, Elijah, I will not leave you. Whatever it takes. Somebody say, whatever it takes. And so the Bible begins to tell us that as they crossed over the Jordan River, in picking up in, in verse 9, it says this, And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let me have a double portion of your spirit upon me. Well, you had that ready, Elisha. The other day, um, my wife and I, we were talking, we were listening to this podcast that was saying, you know, sometimes in order for there to be some good growth in your life, um, don't get offended if people try to um, uh, observe you and, and, and give healthy criticism, but welcome it. Ask the questions, maybe what, what did I do wrong or, or what's not right? So we were talking in the car and she said, hey, what's one thing that bothers you? I said, well, actually, I got two things. And she said, well, you had that ready to go. <laughs> Two. I said two, but it's like two in, in the, in the, for the price of one. It, it works. I'm not helping myself out. And then I had to explain myself with only further compounded the situation. You played the podcast. So then rightfully so, when it was done, I was like, well, I'm kind of reluctant to ask you what barely bothers you that I do. <laughs> She said, you only have the capacity to do one thing at a time. And you're completely ignorant of everything else except for the one thing. I said, because I'm focused. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> Meanwhile, my kids are climbing on top of the toilet and, and, and the cabinets are all flying with snacks everywhere. And our house is turned upside down because I'm trying to focus on finding this one chair that we need from Etsy. I know it's there. I know it's there. I know it's there. Babe, the house is on fire. I don't care. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. It's got to be custom made. And no, I don't like that. No, what? Focused. Anybody like that in the room? Huh? Yeah. I knew I wasn't the only one. Whatever it takes. So Elisha, he's, he's next to Elijah, and Elijah says, what's the one thing? And he, didn't even, he didn't even flinch. He said, I want a double portion. Let me just make this request known. I want a double portion. In other words, I want to have double the anointing. Now, see, it's important to understand that Elisha was already prayed over in 1 Kings chapter 19, for those that want to take notes on this, because in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah was already instructed by God to anoint Elisha to take his place for when the time would come that he would be gone. So Elisha already had an anointing that was upon his life, but somewhere inside of him, he said, but what if there was the ability to have just a little bit more? Anybody desire just a little bit more? A little bit more? For you to be productive on the job, a little bit more for you to be able to see not some of your household saved, but all of your household saved. Just a little bit more. 
there's something about more that I love. God created you for more. God's designed you for more. He doesn't want to just meet a need. He wants to overflow. I want to live in the overflow. I want to live in the overflow. I want to live in the overflow. I want that cup to be running over, overflow in my life, Jesus. Overflow in my life. Let your anointing come upon me so great that I'm walking in the overflow in everything that I study. And Elisha just knew if I could just get a little bit more. But the little bit more was actually something beyond Elijah was even able to grant because he said, I haven't even had a double portion, and you want what I don't even possess? Then watch this. He tells Elisha this. He says, nevertheless, in verse 10, if you see me, if you see me, not when you see me, if you see me, when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued and talked that suddenly. I love a suddenly. I love when a suddenly inserts right in the middle of my circumstance. I love when, 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 when I was focused and I was doing one thing that suddenly something got interrupted in the middle of what was going. Anybody ever have like a good suddenly before? That you were just in the middle of your day and then suddenly maybe lunch arrived and you're like, I didn't even know that order was in. I guess it was and it's here, bless God. Suddenly it says that there was a chariot of fire that appeared with horses of fire and it separated the two of them. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind in heaven and went into heaven. And look at this, verse 12. It says, and Elisha saw it. If you see me, Elisha. Not when, if. If you see it, you can have it. If you see it, you can have it. If you see it, you can have it. If you're willing to be in position, if you're willing to be in position, see, you got to have the drive of whatever it takes so that you can be in position. Because if you're not willing to do whatever it takes, if you're not willing to, 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 to get yourself moving, if you're not willing to get yourself in the game, you're not going to be in position not just to see it but to receive it. Because what he saw opened up the door for him to be able to take hold of. He saw it first and then the Bible says that he took up the mantle of Elijah when it fell. I want to tell you today, you got to get in position. We've been talking about this all year long. You got to get in position. You got to be in position. But now, now here's the thing though. You can be in position, but oriented in the wrong direction and not see it. And you can be out of position, looking in the right direction and never touch it. Position is not just the proximity to something, but is it am I oriented or am I turning and looking in the right direction so that when it gets ready to come to pass, everything is, my sight line is lined up. See, I could be hiding in a tree if I was one that hunted animals, and I don't. 
The animal could be close to me, but if my gun's pointed in the wrong direction, I don't care how close it is. I don't care if I'm in position to shoot. If I can't see it, I can't shoot it. If I can't see it, then I won't be able to be in a place that I can actually touch it. And so we have to be in position, but also be turned in the right direction. This is why it is so important with our scripture for this year, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says this, those that turn to the Lord, the face or the veil comes down. I got to be not just next to God, but turning towards God. I got to look to him. And see, a lot of us, we think that we're in position by simply coming to church. And I desire and we desire for you to be at church. But that's not the only time you're in position with God. It's when you leave from here. Are you continually turning to him, looking to him, seeking him, whatever it takes to get up close to that anointing so that when God moves, I can get into it. It's so important that when I'm in position that I'm turned in the right direction. I need my orientation to be in the right direction. And see, that's the nonsense that we have going on in the church right now. Changing all kinds of lines of text in the Bible. We even shared about it a little bit ago. They're, they're, under, they're contemplating right now in other parts of, of the world changing the model prayer from our Father who is in heaven to our Father and Mother who is in heaven. Yeah. Trying, try, try, trying to confuse the body of Christ. Oh, but that's okay. As long as, as, long as you love God, it's okay. As long as you love God, that, 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 that's all right. No, as long as you don't just love God but are living for God. And so the Bible is being completely changed, promoting gay agendas, all kinds of junk that is running rampant through the Bible because what they're saying is this, as long as you can get Jesus as Savior, it's okay. Well, hold on a second. He's not just Jesus my Savior. He's also Jesus my Lord. And so as Savior, I'm in position. But as Lord, I'm turning to Him and not to the nonsense that's going on in the world that's saying I can still live this permissible lifestyle. I'm sorry, but there comes a point that either you're all in or not. It's hot, cold. Don't be lukewarm. If you want the anointing, you ain't going to just be able to put one foot in. You got to be all in, baby. And that's the thing. It's because I want to see greater breakthroughs and greater miracles and more people saved, which means you got to be all in. I got to be all in every day. Position. Elisha was in position. He was turned in the right direction. When Elijah was taken away in the whirlwind, it said that a chariot of fire swept through. Elijah could not grant a double portion as a man. But how many of you know that Jesus could? See, if you go back through and read this entire passage, chapter 2... Everyone knew that Elijah was going to be taken away by a whirlwind. But what they did not know was that there was going to be a chariot of fire. And the chariot of fire, I believe, wasn't even introduced until the moment that Elisha said, I want a double portion. Which means heaven had to come down and touch Elijah's mantle first 
before Elisha could get his hands on it. When heaven touched the mantle of Elijah, Elisha, when he picked it up, he immediately walked in a greater anointing. The Bible says this, that Elisha did double the amount of miracles that Elijah did. 32 to 16 miracles recorded in the Bible. All because he dared to do whatever it takes. See, you've probably been on this certain path this year that you thought, well, this would be good and this would be good. But what if God could double? What if God could accelerate your life this year? What if God, like Isaac, you could sow and reap a hundredfold in the same year, not just be prosper, but become very prosperous? But see, you'll never be able to step into double if you can't see it. The Bible says this, that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, and it's searching the innermost part of the, of, of the body. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. There are things inside of you that your spirit wants to illuminate. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says this, Let the eyes of my heart be filled with light that I can see the hope and calling that's in Christ Jesus. There are things in you because you have not been willing to get close to that anointing. You haven't been able to see the full capacity that God has. Oh, but if you were dare to do whatever it takes to get to that anointing and allow the Spirit of God to begin to illuminate the things that you never even knew that were there, job promotions and, 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 and advancements in life to, to put you in a place that economically, it doesn't matter what's going on with any bank in this world, but you've got God working in you, prospering your hands, everything that you put your hand to, that God is healing and saving your family and your loved ones, that your marriage that you didn't think was going to be able to push through, the anointing begin to heal and restore and bring everything back into its place. See, what I'm trying to tell you is that the devil wants you to live broken. The devil wants you to live busted. The devil wants you to live down. The devil does not want you to think that you have an ability or a right to encounter greater. But I'm here to tell you today, when you can look to Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of your faith, when you can look to Jesus, when you can get close to Jesus, when you can draw on the anointing from Jesus, then all of a sudden you've got the anointing that will break every single thing the enemy is trying to bind you up with. See, this is the problem with a lot of churches today that, that are churches that are being planted. And this is what I love what's going to get ready to take place next week. You're planting a church. You're not burying a mission. Most people, when they plant a church, they, they, they want to be so relevant, so culturally appropriate. They don't want to talk about the things of God and the anointing and the power of God. And so what happens is the very work that was supposed to be a seed into the ground that was supposed to be an opportunity for them to reach that community, just got buried because they made no room for the Spirit of God to move. That's why I believe that next week as you guys are firing off and as you're launching, you're not, you're not, you're not burying it, you're planting something. And there's going to be a supernatural harvest that's going to flood and that's going to flow and the fruit of that is going to be great. Church, I'm here to tell you today, when you're willing to be planted in the things of God, there is going to be fruit that's going to flow in your life. Jesus says in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. And here we are trying to do everything on our own strength. Only until we bottom out on empty, then we look to the Lord. But what if, what if you were willing to say, Lord, this year I desire it to be greater. This year I desire to see you accelerate. This year, Lord, do double. What if the Lord could do double this year? Where would your life be? If you could get a picture of that on your mind right now, if you needed the Lord to, to, to double 
an area of your life, what would that look like? I believe that this year, the Lord, he'll release a double anointing upon your life. This year, I believe that we're going to see double the amount of people saved. This year, I believe that we're going to see double the amount of miracles. This year, we're going to see double amount of blessings. This year, we're going to see double. I'm not settling for just a, a, a half tank. I'm not, I, I want to overflow this year. I want to see double this year. I want to see God do greater this year. I want to see God accelerate this year. I want to see God move us to an even higher level, but it's when we're in position. I shared this earlier on in the year, and, and, and even Bishop referenced it earlier in today's, in today's service, but he said this, is that, that one generation's ceiling comes the next, becomes the next generation's floor. And it's so important that we move to the, to the floor level, to the new floor level, because when you're willing to step up, you've got a better vantage point. You can see better. And some of us that have refused to say, hey, I'm not going to change. I'm going to be stuck in my ways. Well, then fine. Then you're going to be down in the basement by the time that this building's built. I ain't living my life in the basement. The Lord didn't call Abundant Life to build a single-story home, but to be a skyscraper. We're going higher. We're going to be greater. Your life is going to be greater. Your families are going to be greater. Your purpose is going to be greater. I declare today in the mighty name of Jesus, greater for those that are hungry to be greater. Lord, let us see what we haven't seen. Lord, let us touch what we haven't touched. Lord, let there be a double anointing upon the house, a double anointing upon the people of God to do greater. So Elisha, he's in position. He sees it. This mantle comes down and he picks it up and immediately immediately there's something about the anointing that immediately immediately what if God can move in the suddenly in the immediately in your life today I want to close this morning just want to stir up your faith today I want to stir up your faith today to be thinking bigger to be thinking greater see before he even had that question asked Elisha what do you want he already had expectation he already had expectation he didn't know how, he didn't know when, he didn't know where, other than the fact that a whirlwind was going to be taking his mentor away. But as long as he could stay close. See, what I want to tell you this morning is that there is, y'all ever heard that phrase, there's a window of opportunity? The margin is so slim. It's so slim. It's so slim. But if I'm in position and I'm looking in the right direction, and I've got the anointing upon my life and I'm seeing, seeing with, with the eyes of the spirit. That's why the Bible says that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Stop looking with the eyes that's in your head. Start seeing with the eyes that's in your heart. But if I can see it, if I can see it, I'm in line. That window might be slim, it might be small. But you know if you're ever in the right position and you're totally lined up, Don't care how small it is. The margin is this small. But if you're in the right place, in the right position, when the Lord moves, you're in position of the suddenly. You're in the position of the immediately. See, some of you might have given up on your future. Some of you might have given up hope. 
on your family or maybe it's a business idea, a dream, something that's in your heart and you thought, oh, maybe I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified or, or maybe the moment has already passed. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. You feel like the moment has already passed and you thought to yourself, I missed it. Get close to the anointing. Get yourself repositioned and watch God move again in the suddenly. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you.